wrapping the thin, almost translucent veil between that of fact and fiction, revealing mysteries of the past, folklore passed down from father to son, unsolved murders, and things that go bump in the night. You've entered Deceptive Reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third episode, first live episode of Deceptive Reality. My name is Nick, and this is Bert. Listen, we're changing it up. We're doing things different today, boys and girls. I got a weird deja vu about that opening I just did. <laughs> it's almost like I've done it twice before. Listen, we're not talking about that, Nick. They don't They don't know. These Friday people, they don't know. Okay? Oh, that's true. That's true. It's very valid. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously, we did a live stream. Well, I did a live stream on a, on a different channel. But anyway, we was going to basically do whatever came up uh, from a community-driven choice. And this time was the Mothman. Super exciting stuff. I felt like I knew a lot of stuff about the Mothman until I did research on the Mothman, Nick. Right. And... As I mentioned to you, I thought I knew a lot about the Mothman, but I only know what Richard Gere told me in the movie The Mothman <laughs> Prophecy. Well, Richard Gere hopefully didn't tell you all of it because there's uh, some slightly different stuff, obviously. And for anyone that doesn't know, listen, Nick has the plague. Okay? I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't judge him for that. I would never judge him for that because I will have a plague. I get one every fall. We're basically oh. on the on the 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 edge of fall, Nick. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, we should have got on the same schedule so we didn't waste uh, prime time, right? Well, that is valid. Well, here's the thing: we couldn't have taken a week off because everyone would have got ticked off. So no, we do it anyway. I'm here. Oh, we still do I'm it. doing it. That is valid. Hey, okay. okay. As long as I remain perfectly still, I'm fine. If I get too excited, not good. No excitement. No excitement today, Nick. Don't tell me anything shocking. Oh, I didn't even think about this. Do you have a notepad, Nick? Oh, I do not have a notepad, but That's I can okay. take notes on my f cell phone if I have to. Well, I was going to say, there's going to be some in-depth stuff here. So, uh, are you ready, Nick? Are you ready to, to see what the Mothman has in store? I am ready. Our journey begins in the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a location that, for most, appears to be like any other charming American town, but its limits enclose a narrative that goes beyond the typical. The account of the Mothman is not a solitary incident, it's an unfolding of events that spanned a year, a year replete with uncertainty, dread, and a society grappling with the inexplicable. November 15, 1966, was a night as standard as any other in the rural surroundings of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. However, as dusk settled over the landscape, it concealed something exceptional, something beyond human comprehension. This would be the evening when four young townsfolk would face a being that would send shockwaves through the community, giving birth to a legend that still echoes to this day. Roger and Linda Scarberry, accompanied by their friends Steve and Mary Millette, were driving near the TNT area, an abandoned World War II munitions site, now deserted and overgrown. As their vehicle's headlights cut through the dark, they noticed something beyond their understanding, a flicker of two bright red eyes. These eyes were unlike anything they had ever witnessed, connected to a figure that resembled a man, but was distinctly inhuman. Standing at an imposing seven feet, with wings concealed behind its back, it observed them with an unsettling calm. 
Frightened yet mesmerized, they examined the entity. It was then that the creature spread its wings, extending an estimated 10 feet across, and emitted a noise akin to a big mouse squeaking. Nick, listen. <laughs> when I think of ominous creatures, I, <laughs> I, I know where think, you're going. I don't think of a mouse squeaking. No, that would kind of bring me out of the moment, to be honest. Let me tell you, if I'm driving down the road, okay, <laughs> and I see these two red glowing eyes, right, and it's stand, I mean, it's got to be huge. It's got to be like a WWE wrestler. Like, it's got to be like a Hawk Hogan or Andre the Giant. Aren't they like, no, well, listen, uh, Hawk's like uh, six foot seven or something. It's uh, bigger than the Hawk Hogan. It. Is that how big they said it was? Seven foot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty big. So think about it. Seven foot. And then you're like, oh, God. And it's like, chirp, chirp, chirp. How does something that big even make that small of a noise? I, that's what I'm saying. That's why we believe it's the Mothman, Nick. <laughs> okay. It's Moths the Mothman, have small clearly. mouths, I guess. The small I mouth, know. man. It's the little dinky thing. I thought that was funny. And I'm like, we have to stop it here because... Think about it. If if for the first time you're mm-hmm. seeing a creature, A, most of us have never seen anything. Like, if I see a bear, I'm like, oh, crap, that's a yeah. bear. Or, I mean, I don't know what wild animals you guys have up there with the exception of bears, Nick. Like, what's something yeah. ominous there? A goose. Geese can't listen. They can be aggressive now. Oh, yeah, they can. They can break your arm with a wing flap. Some, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's like there's a special bone in their wing can break human bones. Okay, well, hey, you yeah. learn something new every day. Yeah, but I mean, we have bears too, and they don't squeak, so I don't know That's if that would make I'm me saying. feel worse or better about the situation. Like every huge animal that scares me to death, right? Has they roar something that just runs chills down me. I'm afraid if. It started squeaking at me, I'd start laughing. Right, right. Because you'd be like, who's this dude in this outfit? And why, why is he squeaking at me? That's yeah. what I would think. Why is Hulk Hogan squeaking at me? Which also, it makes me wonder, Nick. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're going to get into this. You know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until this next part of the narration. Let's listen to that, and then we're going to come back. I got another thought. Fear overtook them, and they sped away, the being chasing them, its wings beating against the obsidian night sky. The roads became a chaotic blur as they accelerated the car to 100 miles per hour, the creature maintaining pace, relentless and otherworldly. It was a pursuit like no other, a confrontation with the unknown that would become etched in their memories. Eventually, as they approached Point Pleasant, the creature vanished, retreating into the darkness from whence it had emerged. Shaken and bewildered, they relayed the incident to Deputy Millard Halstead, their terror authentic and tangible. Okay, now back to what I was saying. Right. If I'm going into a police station, and I'm going to make this story up, Nick, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, listen, I saw this seven-foot... 300 and I'm making this part up 325 pound WWE wrestling guy. And they go, did he, did he say anything? And I'm like, no, he made like a, like a mouse mouse squeak. Like I would never say (laughs) that, Nick, I would never say that. Well, I've got a couple thoughts on that. The first one is number one. If that was me, I'd be like, 
I I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> but the second one is it kind of wins me over a little on the credibility side because who would make up something like that? That's that's kind of stupid to be honest. Plus, like if I, how yep, loud was the squeak? What if their windows were up? Do we know that? Maybe not. Yeah, that was not in the story. No matter yeah. where I read the story at, the story changed a little bit. Right. I went with the more credible, what I believe the more credible was. What somebody had stated was that it was basically uh, something along the lines of a big bulky, like it's weird because even though they called it a man in which we're going to go into that, right. it wasn't exactly a man. It just stood seven foot tall. So again, I think there's credibility there because if there was ever a time that I'm describing something mm. like, like if you're driving down the road and you see this thing, the first thing that supposedly you notice is the red eyes. They're glowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll so, see that first, guaranteed. I've been oh, in similar sure. situations. That's the first yeah, thing you see. Yeah, it's like animals and stuff, right? Like here, deer, right. I see the eyes, they're glowing. Or like a cat, like a cat on the street, you see yeah. the glowing eyes. So it kind of makes sense from that perspective. But like, if I saw that as seven foot tall, it's near me. The first thing I'm thinking, costume or mask. But we got to look right. at the time frame, Nick. We got to look at the time frame. This was a long time ago. Right. So... When you think about it, masks weren't that great back in the day. They weren't even that good when I was a kid. No, me neither. That's what I'm saying. Right. So so again, even if this was the best possible mask, I would never say it sounded like a mouse. I would never do that. No. Never, ever. That would not be in the description, which means I think they saw something and they heard something. Yeah, I'm picturing now... A huge shrieks, like a shrill, squeaking, shrieking noise. That's what I'm picturing now. That's what I would almost come across and, and think. Like, I would think it'd have to be something, like, worst case scenario, I would think something along the lines of, like, uh, an eagle, right? Right. And that can That's be loud. Oh, for sure. 100% loud. Yeah, and that can be scary. That could be scary. At night. For sure. But we're going to learn a little bit more, Nick. Here we go. All right. In the aftermath of the chilling encounter by Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, the town of Point Pleasant was abuzz with whispers of the unknown. The legend of the Mothman was taking flight, and it reached the ears of five grave diggers working near Clendenin, West Virginia. Their minds turned back to a peculiar incident just days before the Scarberry Millette sighting. On November 12, 1966, as they toiled under a gray sky, they had witnessed something extraordinary, a man-like figure flying low over their heads. It was a fleeting glimpse, a moment that had left them puzzled and intrigued, but was quickly dismissed. But now, as the tale of the Mothman spread, their experience took on a new significance. They realized that what they had seen was no ordinary bird or plane. It was something else, something unexplainable. They came forward, their account adding weight to the growing legend. I know you're thinking it, Nick. I don't think you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm still wondering, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Mm-hmm. Where, when does it start being called the Mothman, and what about it makes it moth-like? Well, and so, 
it's it's gonna tap into it a little bit but long story short right. at this point in time it was never called the mothman what were they calling it or do we don't know uh th- we do know i you know and i've read it a couple of different times the problem is you'll understand as the story goes on right it's hard for me to remember exactly what they called it because there's been other names for it too yeah um but at this point they was describing it as the well the way the illustration is in which on our instagram i'll put the insta the uh the illustration up so you guys can see it was literally a seven foot tall being with huge red eyes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the wings were almost taped across the back okay but but when they're folded in like i think gargoyles what i think right 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 but it like it extends past the body but the the illustrations doesn't look like that the illustrations look more like a it, i mean it looks more like a moth i guess would be a, okay well, i uh, can see like the big eyes and maybe once i see the wings maybe they're like mothy wings the illustration's wild. I'll, uh, I, like I say, I'll put on the Instagram for yeah. anyone that doesn't know. Check out our Instagram. Uh, we like to put stuff up through the course of the week after the podcast. So that way you can look at some of the things we're talking about or the things that we found. Um, the thing that I thought you was going to ask me about, Nick. Okay. This goes back to your story last week with the uh, uh, Shag Harbor, right? Right. Now we're starting to get extra people that's like, hey, I saw this thing. Yep. Now, this is five grave diggers, right? Right. They're all out. They're preparing a plot. And out of nowhere, they see something. Now, again, I've read multiple stories. I simplified this one a little bit because they conflicted the different stories I read. Mm -hmm. But in one of the stories I read... They looked up. They didn't even know there was anything there. They heard something up in a tree, and they looked up in the tree, and they saw and what they... And Yep. The red glowing eyes is the first thing they saw. And supposedly one looked over at the other and said, what is that? And they all looked, and it it opened its wings up, and it flew off. Mm. How, how close was this to the first sighting? Uh, what was it? Two to four days, I think. Yeah, so not much. But it was before they were technically the first ones to see it, right? But well, they wasn't coming forward. The first that reported it or ever came forward, because I'll guarantee it's it's like rats. If you see one, there's ninety nine. Correct. For every one person who reports something, there's like ninety nine others who don't. I mean, think about it. These are five guys, right? You know, they're digging a grave. I'll be honest, if it was me and you, Nick, and three right. other idiots, and we saw it, I'd be like, dude, I ain't reporting that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't believe me. It. No, there ain't no way. I'd be like, we both know, okay, we was probably hallucinating from this heat. Okay? Right. It's right. a hallucination. Um, but I think because the, the four other couples, the two other couples came forward, they're like, wait, we saw the same thing. Right, right. So they're trying to build on that credibility. Or here's another thing that I thought originally, Nick. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? 
Maybe they just wanted fame, but at this point, there was no fame. It's too it's too early for that. It's too early. It's way too early. Yeah. So I think, and it's five, right? Even right. if you get two of your idiot friends to go along with you, mm-hmm. not all five's going to go along no, with you. No way. There's no way. And they definitely contradict each other later. Oh, for sure. 100%. Like a lot of times pass. And, and the other thing, too, is I'd imagine gravediggers aren't prone to flights of fancy or being scared and panicking because they're working in a graveyard all day. They're working in a graveyard. They got to be at least slightly above average brave. I would assume so. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that obviously that happened. Then the grave diggers hit. Right. And now technically we're up to nine people, Nick, that says, yes, I've seen that thing. This is just like that other story. It's just like the Shag Harbor. Just like it. So now I'm going to be like flimsy. Where's the pictures? Everyone can take pictures. Come on. It was 1966. They first off, just like Shag Harbor. Right, right. It was dark. It was pitch black. Okay. Cameras don't work good back then in the dark. They don't listen. They may not have even had a flash, Nick. Right, right. You know, they were driving in a car. Uh huh. And then they zoomed off. Right. They ran off. They're trying to get away from it's life or death. Unlike your Shag Harper, where they're like, hey, what's that? Oh, it's down in the water now. That could we be have, life or death. That we could have be three life. days, Nick. We're taking, uh, that is not life or death. Taking mason jars, grabbing radiation out, which, which, you know, if right. you think about it, it still probably had a little bit of risk there. Yeah. But, but still, I just, I don't know, Nick. But then the grave know. diggers, why are they carrying a camera around to a graveyard? That doesn't make right. any sense. Right. Why, so I why think would it's they carry it to the shore at night? I, all I'm saying is I'm bringing it up again. They had reporters there, Nick. The cameras. Reporters. Cameras were rare at the time. I'm going to look this up by the next podcast. Yeah. How rare cameras was in Canada for reporters. There was reporters there, yeah. Nick. It's got to be in Nova Scotia, though, because we're a little behind. We're a little behind. And also look up how well they function in total darkness <laughs> that's valid but that's we're, valid. we're getting off off face here but basically what i'm trying to offer you an olive branch and saying i don't blame you for not having mothman pictures <laughs> it's a different opportunity nick but i'll give okay. it to you okay we'll, we'll agree to disagree i guess <laughs> here's the next part nick you're gonna like this part okay in the shadows of Point Pleasant's TNT area, where the echoes of war once resonated, something unimaginable was stirring. A chill wind blew through the trees, carrying with it whispers of the unknown. On the night of November 16, 1966, Marcella Bennett would become an unwilling participant in a tale that defies belief. Marcella, a young mother, was visiting friends near the TNT area. Laughter and conversation filled the evening, the Mothman legend a distant murmur, a story for others to tell. But as she left her friend's home, cradling her young daughter in her arms, she found herself face to face with a reality that was both deceptive and terrifying. There, in the dim glow of her car's headlights, stood a figure. Large, gray, and indistinct, it moved awkwardly, its eyes glowing red like embers in the darkness. Panic took hold of Marcella as the creature's gaze met hers, a connection that froze her in terror. In her fright, she dropped to the ground, her daughter beneath her, her mind a whirlwind of fear and disbelief. Time seemed to stretch, each second an eternity as the creature looked on, silent and inscrutable. 
Finally, summoning the strength to move, Marcella scrambled to her feet, her daughter in her arms, and fled into the house. The door slammed shut, the locks clicked into place, but safety was an illusion. The image of those red eyes, that inexplicable presence, lingered in her mind, a haunting memory that would never fade. So, Nick, we just added somebody else to the mix. We got Marcella now, so we're right. up to 10 people. 10 people. And the baby. The, and, well, technically the baby. That baby was probably never right after this. I kind of no. want to go see what happened to the baby now. <laughs> yeah, where, where is this baby today? I want to know, are they messed up in the head? Maybe the Mothman got them. Maybe. Maybe they're the foremost authority on Mothman. They could be. Listen, they could have heard that story from their mom for their entire life. Because, you know, that would have to be traumatizing. Yeah. Mom, why if I got gravel it. embedded in my face? Oh, because I dropped to the ground when I saw a Mothman. That is valid. It's one of those things where I think if you look at it, Anytime you're in danger, anytime, it has to be something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. Like it's not something that's going to be here today and then a year goes by and you're like, well, I forgot. Like it's not like an ex. Okay. Right. It's not like I had this wonderful person and then we didn't work out. They moved away and I was sad or I was mad. Like, this is a traumatizing thing. I would think, what is it, PTSD? Right. Like, they probably have, think about it. You would never go outside at dark alone again, Nick. I'm not going to get into that. it on this particular episode, mm-hmm. but I have had an experience with a creature that I can't explain years ago, and it is just as familiar now as it was the moment it happened. See? See, that's valid, Nick. You don't forget. You don't forget. You don't ever forget. But I think what's amazing is, you know, we went from a case where it's four people in a car. They right. give this crazy description. Mm-hmm. Then five grave diggers come forward and go, oh, yeah, no, we saw that. And then a few days later, Marcella, and just like the story said, like, Everything that I read on this, when it mm-hmm. talked about her, it said that she just saw the story and she's like, whatever. Like, yeah. it's, if someone told me there was a boogeyman in my neighborhood and I maybe even I heard it from a few people, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Okay, that sounds unreasonable. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Clearly, she wasn't scared. She left the house. Right. It's dark. She's got her baby in her arms. As a parent, first and foremost, you're never going to put your kid in danger. It's just not going to happen. So clearly she went out with zero expectations of anything bad popping up. Did did we know she had even heard about it? Or not really? It said that she did. Ah, okay. But she didn't put a lot of weight into it is what the the couple of the stories that I read. I think is reasonable. I think we both said that, yeah. I think at this point it's still not called the Mothman. I don't believe. They're just talking about a creature. So, right. again, I think if they would have called it a Mothman, less people probably would have believed it. Yeah. Because they'd be like, like okay, okay, this sounds moth. ridiculous. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. So, I think in her case, she heard the, 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 because you got to understand, this is Point Pleasant. Like, this isn't a big area like this right. is a very small area right i would assume even now have you been like, there if you go yeah 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, I've not spent a lot of time there. I've mostly right. drove through it. It's not a big area. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to stop there for a reason that we'll go into a little bit later in the video. Right. Um, but it's a very small, tight-knit... Like, I'm going to assume back then, probably everyone knows everyone in some regard, or they right. have some type of association with somebody. Yeah, that used to be common back in the day in all small communities. Oh, for sure. 100%. But as crazy as this gets, Nick, it gets a little bit more crazy. And See, I think you know I what we're coming up to. I love hearing that stuff. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. The appearance of the mon was not an isolated event confined to a single night of terror. The town of Point Pleasant was about to embark on a year-long odyssey filled with sightings, unexplainable phenomena, and a growing sense of unease. Following the chilling encounter of the Scarberries and Mallets, other residents began to report their experiences. Eyewitness accounts emerged, each one unique yet sharing a common theme, the presence of a creature, a being outside the realm of understanding, watching, and at times pursuing. Farmers reported seeing the creature in broad daylight, its eyes gleaming, its wings stretching as it soared through the sky. Travelers, driving along dark, winding roads, would catch a glimpse of something unnatural, something that defied explanation. The local media began to take notice, and the story spread beyond the borders of the small town. Newspapers dubbed the creature Mothman, likening its appearance to the well-known comic book characters of the era. The name stuck, and the legend grew. As the sightings continued, a pattern began to emerge. The Mothman was often spotted near areas of significant historical or societal value, such as the abandoned TNT area, a place laden with buried secrets from the past. Some started to connect the creature with the Native American curse legends surrounding the land. So now we know. All right. Now where it's the explained. Name came from. Correct. Um, that's why I didn't want to dig too deep into it. But, you know, you got to remember back then in the 60s, comic books were huge. Oh, yeah. So the name stuck because it fit with everything about a Batman. Right. You know, Aquaman. Probably Birdman uh, was taken. I'm sure. There's like big Hawk Birdman. Yeah. Well, definitely Hawkman was taken. Probably if Batman wasn't around, they would have chose Batman. Oh, for sure. But they couldn't do that. You can't say Batman's in Point Pleasant. That is true. You could not say Batman (laughs) is there. Though, if you think about it, bats do more of a click anyway, Nick. This is a squeak. Uh, I don't know. know. Do bats squeak also? I think they do. They, they, I think, well. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I think they do actually squeak. Yeah. But they also click. That's how they, that's okay. how they see, Nick. They click, Echo click, click, location. Click, 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 click. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, listening to this part of the story, it almost makes me think to a degree, because now it's saying, like, farmers are reporting it. Right. Other drivers are reporting it. If anything, I think part of that has to be people just want to say they saw the Mothman. Yeah. Because now it has a name. It's in the newspapers as the Mothman. You're going to get a certain percentage of that. Correct. So the, it really comes down to who really saw the Mothman at that point. Right. And though some of it, I believe it to, you know, will obviously be true, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be the fair share of people that's like, they're lying, Nick. I saw it. I know it's there. Yeah. It's, it was the Mothman. It almost killed me. It right, chased right. me for miles. You know, because now they want to be part of that story and narrative. Well, there's another group of people, too, is the people who would convince themselves that they've oh, seen yeah. something. 
Oh yeah, because here's the thing: if they see anything, let's if hey, right. if it's dark, okay. Not only that, but I think part of it, and again, this is going to come up later also, so I'm not going to dig too deep into it. Right. There's a certain amount of hysteria, right? Yeah. You know, I can tell you myself personally, right? When I was in a very stressful career earlier in my life, Mm -hmm. I would wake up in the middle of the night with heart palpitations, right? I would think I was having a heart attack. Right. But the fact that I worried about the heart attack made it worse. Yep. Yep. And I think that goes with all fears, right? Like if you're like, man, somebody said there's this Mothman out there. Mm-hmm. And then you're driving down a road that's already dark. There's not street lights like there are now. Right. This is an area where I don't know that there would have been a lot of street lights to begin with. You see the glow of anything red. Mm-hmm. What's tail lights? red lights yep that's true that is so true. you see you see two red lights way out in the distance you might be like are those eyes and then all of yeah. a sudden now the hysteria kicks in and you're like i don't really know what i saw it had right. to be the mothman yeah like it could have been taillights from a distance and if you never catch up with that car your mind can make that leap saying i saw a mothman that's what i no. saw not only that, but think about it. Like, even if it's not in the distance, you know there's a road right. ahead of you. It's not like it's a straight road. And in those areas, there's a lot of curvy roads. Right. So what might look like it's over here to the right, you know, 100 yards away, that might be another street nearby. Right. And you're seeing those taillights. Or yep. there's trees up and you're seeing those taillights through the, through the trees or something like that. Yep. So there's going to be a certain number, I think, of people that's not really seeing what they think they're seeing. Right. We've just got but three categories. People who have seen it, people who haven't but say they do dishonestly, and people who think they have because they've got caught up in the mass hysteria. Oh, 100%. So. 100%. Totally natural. But there's always that first category that we can't account for. So Correct. If anything, I give full credibility to the first 10 people. Yeah. And if you ask me, like, that's enough people to go... That's got some merit. What right. that merit is, I can't tell you. But the other thing that, and you know, we got to look at this. Mm-hmm. Has the Mothman hurt anybody so far? No, no, not has it caught had opportunity. Anyone. Plenty of opportunity. Plenty of opportunity. Right. So it's gonna go into something here in the near future. So remember back into this conversation we're having. I will. Let's keep going with the story, Nick. Let's do it. During this time, mysterious occurrences began to unfold in Point Pleasant. Residents reported strange phone calls, odd electrical disturbances, and even encounters with men dressed in black, asking uncomfortable questions about the Mothman and those who had seen it. A sense of dread permeated the town. The events were escalating, and the connection between the Mothman and something larger was becoming apparent. Enter John Keel, a journalist and UFOlogist drawn to Point Pleasant by the unfolding mystery. The initial sightings of the Mothman were not the only mysterious occurrences in the area. Around the same time, residents also reported seeing strange lights in the sky and unidentified flying objects, leading some to link the Mothman sightings to extraterrestrial phenomena. This connection between the Mothman and UFOs further fueled the intrigue, and various theories began to emerge, ranging from extraterrestrial origin to government conspiracy. The coinciding sightings added a layer of complexity to the legend, binding the Mothman to a broader spectrum of mysteries that continued to captivate the community and beyond. 
Keel's investigations took him deep into the heart of the legend. He spoke with witnesses, analyzed patterns, and delved into the historical connections. His findings, documented in his book The Mothman Prophecies, painted a picture that was as intriguing as it was terrifying. So, Nick? Yes. Think about this. And not a lot, obviously, the Mothman prophecies, I'm assuming, goes into the UFO side of it. Right. I've not seen it. Is that correct? No, not really. Not really. It, it's more having to do with Mothman foretells bad things happening. So it's like a harbinger. Yeah. But I Makes doubt sense. he's doing prank calls, <laughs> um, flicking people's lights on and off. That stuff gets into mass hysteria, blaming Mothman on everything. I don't See, I buy don't that. Think so. No? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Nope. Think about it, Nick. Right. Whenever there's, and they talked about it, around the same time frame, mm-hmm. there was UFO sightings. Right. Whenever you go back into old stories of UFOs, let's say it's a cop car and it's chasing the UFO, what happens? Mm-hmm. They lose power. They lose power, Nick. What if during this time frame, there's a UFO and it's messing with the power grid? Actually, you just triggered a memory for me. When we used to have the old wall phones, if there was a particularly powerful electrical storm like thunder and lightning, sometimes they'd ring even though no one was calling. See, so Nick? you've just triggered that memory on me. So it just goes to show, we got to remember, this isn't 2023. This is 1966. Right. So probably all phones did that back then. Oh, I'm going to assume so. Right. I'm going to assume so. Okay, so if I'm buying it now. I'm buying it see, now. Okay. But, but again, you don't think of that stuff right away because right. We, th- that doesn't happen. First off, most people don't even have a home phone nowadays. Right, that's true. The vast majority just has a cell phone, right? Yeah. So back then, for all you youngins, okay, <laughs> you had a phone that was attached to a cord, it was attached to the wall, and sometimes it just didn't work the same, okay? Sometimes there'd be a phone ring, you'd go to it, and there's no one on the other end. And I yeah. think that was probably a lot of them resetting phone lines, I would assume. Oh, it could be. But there's a correlation there with UFOs, so the reason I thought that was the case is because some of the articles, and honestly, I would love to do another podcast on this. There was UFO stuff going on in the same time frame. Right. It's not even, it's a part of the story, but it's not a part of the story. It would be interesting to see how closely they coincide and like, they, they, are they related? They, I, yes, yes. That's why I'm ticked off that the movie didn't have that. I wonder if the book did. I'm going to order the book. I'm going yeah, to read I've not book. read the book. I've only seen the movie, and it wasn't any UFO stuff. It was all Mothman. Wow. But there was calls in that movie. But it wasn't just the phone ringing. It was someone actually answering on the other end and telling them things. Well, think about this also. And They said right. there was also visitation by the men in black. Yeah. That I had not heard and wouldn't have expected. They're there on Correct. other business, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that you have all these events occurring. But I wanted to put this in here because there's a huge story in this that I didn't put in there right. because I'm just trying to stick to one narrative. Right. 
But there was, during this entire process in the middle, someone spotted a UFO on the side of the road. And they pulled over, and a man came out of it. A Mothman? No. A regular. Or so we're we're gonna have to cover this on another podcast. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Well, I want to know now, but I guess because there's can't a completely now. there's a completely different story that goes in opposite directions. So All I right. couldn't put it in this podcast, but I wanted to make sure people understood there was UFO activity, same time frame as the Mothman. Yeah, I need to know more, but I'll be patient. Got to be patient, Nick. It's All coming. Right. All right, it's coming. I'll make it one of mine. Yeah, well, I know what this <laughs> this story has made me think of the next one I want to do too. Oh, it's got so, Nick's brain thinking. That's right. The gears are <laughs> the, the cobwebs and gears are rolling. Sightings continued. Each one a riddle. Each witness a bearer of a story that refused to be contained. Then, on the fifteenth of December, the unimaginable happened. The silver bridge, filled with cars and lives and dreams, collapsed into the icy waters of the Ohio River. 46 souls were lost, families shattered, a community left to grapple with grief and disbelief. In the aftermath, questions arose and whispers grew. Was the Mothman connected to this tragedy? Was it a harbinger of doom, its appearances a warning of the catastrophe to come? Some looked back at the sightings, searching for clues, seeking meaning in a world turned upside down. Eyewitness accounts were revisited, patterns sought, the Mothman's presence seemed to intensify as the fateful day approached. Those red eyes, once merely unsettling, took on a new significance, a symbol of foreboding, a signpost pointing to an unavoidable destiny. Yet evidence remained elusive, the connections tenuous. The bridge's collapse was attributed to structural failure, a flaw in design, and a human mistake. The Mothman's role, if any, remained in the realm of speculation, a thread in a tapestry woven from grief, curiosity, and the human need to understand. So this, Nick, to a degree, is where I think hysteria has officially kicked in. Right. right? And and this we, was the whole premise of the book, by the way. Oh, this is. This yeah. part. This, this specific part. Yeah, it was all leading up to the bridge collapse. Well, and I think now people that's leaning back are thinking about it and they're going, right. maybe this isn't the same thing because there was people that saw potentially this figure on the bridge before this occurred. Right. So are they thinking they caused it or they were foretelling there, it? I think there was multiple, you know, I think it was probably like a 50-50 like everything. Right. There was half the people's like, this Mothman has made the bridge crash. Right. You know, it's kind of like anything, right? Like if I say, I saw this bear outside my cabin and 17 miles away, someone's doors got scratches down. They're going to be like, is that bear? It was that, that bear Bert was bear. talking about. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I think this was. People saw the Mothman near that bridge mm -hmm. and they said, he's the one that crashed it. But the other half I think is like, he was given a warning. Yeah, and that that's how they presented it in the book. He was actually calling this dude up and saying, man, something bad's about to go down. You know, be careful, all this kind of stuff like that. That's crazy. So Listen, in the, the it, it movie, scary. It, it had that? Yeah. The Mothman was talking to Richard Gere. For the record. Right. 
that did not happen anywhere where I read anything. I, <laughs> so I don't think the Mothman was not making calls. No. Just think about it. It'd be like, it'd be like chirp, 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 chirp. Chirp, chirp, yeah. chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> Richard Gere don't know mouse noises. You he don't, don't know. know no mouse noises. No, but that's how they presented it, that he was trying to deliver cryptic warnings to that's people. Now, it makes for a good story, but if you really want to warn someone and you're capable of communicating with them, just say it. Why would you do this other stuff? Doesn't make any sense. I think what it is... If let's use for example, and I'm just thinking from a human standpoint, like if right. someone told me one week from now this catastrophic event is going to occur, right? The first thing I would try to do is give some sort of a warning, right? But I don't know that I'd do it on a bridge. Like maybe I would try to build trust, right? But the problem is you shot that out the window when you chase that car right trust was gone he he was just flying after him like hey hey i got a message got a message (laughs) chirp chirpity chirp chirp yeah they just couldn't understand him no clue going 100 miles an hour right so i think that you know think think back though anytime there's been a story of like a forewarning it's never at the site no and well let's say he was trying to warn him what do people? What have people traditionally done when they saw the Mothman? Yeah, that's true. Zoom away, right? They dip. They so dip he every stands time. on the bridge. What's he expecting them to do? Boot it away from or the bridge. Run off the bridge because they're so right. scared. Maybe he right. didn't want to do that. You know, there's actually a photo. I'm really ticked off about this photo, people. It said authentic picture of the Mothman on the bridge. And the way that they gave the impression of that Mothman on the bridge was that he was on top of the bridge. And in the picture, it looked almost like a, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like a gargoyle. And that gargoyle, when I first saw it, I go, there's a picture of the Mothman. Nick is, Nick's going to yeah. be like, there's the picture we want. But then I found out, and here's where I think it lost some credibility. He goes, because they made the picture look like it's old. Oh, yeah. But it was not an old photo. They just made it look that way. But then they was like, well, that's not really a Mothman. That's a piece of metal on top of it that's falling down, which it does not look like that either. Right. So I'm of the impression it was doctored. It sounds like it could be. But it looks so good. Do I want to use it as a thumbnail? Yes. Am I going to? No. Are you going to put it on the Instagram? Yes, because <laughs> you all need to see it. Yeah. Y'all need to see this photo that caught me off guard. Yeah, I really do. Now, Nick, this entire story that I've built, when we listen to this next part, it's going to take you to a different place where you're going to say, wait a minute. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm about to take you on a whole new level. Here we go. All right. The Mothman is primarily associated with Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and the surrounding area, especially in the years 1966 to 1967. The most significant connection often made is between the Mothman sightings and the collapse of the Silver Bridge in 1967. However, some enthusiasts and researchers of paranormal phenomena have tried to connect the Mothman with other mysterious or tragic events. 
All right. So the reason I was doing that is because I also want to load a page that we're going to be going over also. If, and as we're going to go through these, Nick, mm -hmm. understand this isn't the first time that a creature that fits this description has been seen. Oh, really? It's not the first time. There In was other events places. before. Yes. There was events before and events after. Okay. You've caught my attention. So, so what's the description of the Mothman? Seven feet tall. Narrative. What's that? This narrative. Oh, like not, oh, okay. Not based on the illustration. Right. Just a narrative. Uh, big red glowing eyes. That's the first thing everyone first talks thing. about, right? Yeah. Red glowing eyes. That's how they acknowledge the fact that the quote-unquote Mothman is discovered, right? Right. Prepare yourself, Nick. All right. Here we go. I'm ready. Let's talk about the heart of the Soviet Union. Hidden behind the Iron Curtain stood the nuclear power plant. As the spring of 1986 awakened, whispers began to spread among the workers of the plant. Unexplained sightings, glimpses of a creature winged and ominous with eyes that glowed a fiery red. The creature's appearance was strikingly similar to the Mothman, a legend that had its roots thousands of miles away in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I saw it one night near the cooling towers. It was watching us, its eyes like burning embers. It sent a chill down my spine. It's a bad omen. Something's not right. I can feel it. The sightings were dismissed by officials, chalked up to stress or imagination. But the workers could not shake the feeling that something was terribly wrong. Then, on the night of April 26, the unimaginable happened. Reactor 4 at the Chernobyl plant exploded, unleashing a cloud of radioactive poison. The world was stunned, the community devastated, and the environment forever scarred. In the days and weeks that followed, as the true magnitude of the disaster became apparent, the stories of the Mothman-like creature resurfaced. Had it been a warning, another harbinger of the calamity to come. The questions haunted those who had seen it, a riddle wrapped in an enigma, a connection that defied explanation. Yet evidence remained elusive, the sightings anecdotal. The disaster's cause was human error, a flawed design, and a series of unfortunate decisions. The creature's role, if any, lingered in the shadows of legend and folklore. All right, so my mind's just been blown. That is crazy. Days before that reactor blew up. Right. Days before, there's report, multiple reports of a winged man. And I've got the stories here, Nick. I didn't add it in the narration because I wanted you to hear exactly what they said. For Chernobyl, mm -hmm. a horrid humanoid with enormous wings a black headless body and red glowing eyes. Black head. Okay. I've seen illustrations of Mothman that that would describe really well. Very well. Right. Several employees in the Chernobyl nuclear power plants control room in the days before the disaster claim to have seen the, the being known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Uh, they didn't have the comic book characters taking up the names no. there. No. So, here with Chernobyl, 
And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, you can go to a bunch of different websites. That's where I found a lot of this info. These are confirmed cases. Everything I'm reading here is confirmed. These aren't folklore or legend. Right. These are documented police reports and reports at the plant. But in addition to that, those unlucky enough to witness a creature reported experienced terrifying dreams and ominous phone calls. Mm. Others maintain, yes, the phone calls is, is happening again. Others maintain that the Chernobyl Blackbird was a variation of the mythical Mothman. Um, after the reactor blew up, never seen it again. Right. But the way that the officials at Chernobyl explained it was that this was a case of hysteria. This event happened. There was already a lot of stress going on. And they said, this is human air. Clearly, this monster you guys are talking about is not what caused this. You guys messed up in the reactor. Right. So this is all glossed over. There's stories out there, but it's a little bit different when you look at, you know, like Chernobyl is a prime example. If you've watched any documentaries on that, they were not chill. They no. were not chill about it. No. So you would have been scrutinized for telling these stories. So I think there's less stories out there than what there could have been versus the Mothman story. Well, so I'm, I'm of this, the idea now that he's trying to prevent these things. And clearly the people who saw him didn't go to sh the Chernobyl reactor that day. Or we'd never Correct. have heard about it. So it partially worked. Correct. But the Mothman's 0 for 2 in stopping disasters. 100% so, 0 for 2. Not so good at it. Well, what they said, there was one story, and I didn't put it in there because I have only saw this in one story. Moments before the reactor went off, which again happened at what time? Nighttime, right? Right, right. Moments before the explosion hits... People had sighted what is their version of the Mothman, mm -hmm. and it was flying over the reactor before it blew up, and then it took off. Yeah. It's like last chance warning. But that's not the deepest one, Nick. Oh, no, it can't be bigger than that. It can't be. Way bigger than that, Nick. Uh, uh, well, okay, I'm not going to say no, but I'm skeptical. <laughs> Here we go, Nick. All right, let's do it. Ready to have your mind blown. Again, yes. <laughs> Again. The skyline of New York City, a testament to human achievement, ambition, and resilience. But as the dawn of the 21st century broke, a shadow fell upon the city and whispers began to circulate of a presence that defied explanation. In the weeks leading up to the tragic events of September 11, 2001, a handful of people reported sightings of a creature strange and unsettling, winged and haunting, with eyes glowing an intense red. Its description again bore a chilling resemblance to the Mothman, a creature linked to omens and warnings. Okay, so, blown again. So now, Nick, these again are confirmed reports. Before the 9-11 tragedy. Now, here's the thing. 0 for 3, if, by the way. <laughs> 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Here's the thing, though. In this case, mm -hmm. there's no way that it would know ahead of time. So it has to have some type of knowledge. Right. Of things that's going to occur. Yeah. Well, with all because, of these, I think it 
all of them. that. For sure. But like this one, some people could be like, oh, it's a bridge. The bridge was falling apart. If if you're supernatural, you're going to know because they said there was faulty things on that bridge that yeah. you would have known. If you would have inspected, you would have known it. it would have occurred. With the reactor, again, if there was like people kind of knowing what's going on, it wasn't ran properly. There was a lot of things right. that was wrong. It, it was human error, though, so it was... Correct. And so was the bridge. Both right, was technically right. human error. This was a terrorist attack. Yeah. Completely different situation. But I find it amazing that, again, there's confirmed reports that people saw. Again, what did they see? Glowing, red-eyed, humanoid creature. Now, again, after 9-11 happened, that's the last story because we're consumed with what? The tragic event that occurred. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it occurred almost makes you lean back and go, wow. Like, this is all happening in the same time frame. Yeah. Now, I didn't add all these to the narration because there's a lot of these. Like for other tragedies and such? Oh, yes. okay. Huge ones. Another one, swine flu. Remember the swine flu? Oh, yeah. Something, uh, some people think that the famed Mothman was a large, hairy, red eyed creature of, and I'm going to butcher this, I apologize, Lawanta, Mexico. Okay. Residents uh, started spotting it, stalking the area in 2009. The sightings happened just before the Mexican, uh, ex- or Mexico experienced the 2009 swine flu outbreak. Mm. So, again, these are confirmed cases where, for them, it's a little bit different. They describe it a little bit different. Most people describe it as gray or right. brown. Right. There could Their be many, though. It could be. It doesn't have to be the same one. Right. Um, but they described it as large, hairy, red-eyed. But the common denominator is the red eyes. Those red eyes. And, every and single time. Too, I guess. We all say that. In their story, the creature's screeches could be heard from an apple orchard close to a cemetery there also. Right. So I'm thinking the squeak was a bad description originally, and it's more like a screech. That would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, March 6th of 2009, a student claimed that the Mothman chased him for 15 minutes. Oh, wow. But again, didn't capture him, didn't do anything. Local authorities made an effort to track down the entity, but they could never locate any signs of it. I'll I'll tell you what, especially right now, if the Mothman chased me for 15 minutes, he would have caught me at four. (laughs) He would have caught me at four, too. Right. Another event. Now, these ones are, they talk about them, but they don't put as much concrete behind it. Right. Uh, January 1926. Reports of a sighting of a figure that again resembled the Mothman during a flooded region of southeastern China. Oh. The menacing figure known to the locals as Mandragon was hovering over the dam when a 40 billion gallon flood struck the nearby farming villages, bringing disaster. 15,000 people died from the, dam, the dam's collapse. Yeah, I've heard of that. 
So again, their version of the Mothman, Mandragon. He, he's uh, got a lot of legends on the go. And that's 1926. Right. That's like 40 years. That's exactly, yeah, exactly 40, 40 years. years. That's crazy. We're seeing these correlations, yeah. man. It's got to be something to this. There's got to be something. Japan experienced a tragedy in March of 2011, which was a tsunami. Right. Uh, it left that. death and destruction. It was a magnitude nine earthquake. Uh, that's also when the power plant suffered. It's also, and there was also sightings of a Mothman then too, yeah. or a Mothman-like creature. So again, we're seeing similar things that happens. And that to me, when you lean back, like at the surface and you hear the story of the Mothman, you're like, okay, there's a story there. Right. But what's the value of the, it's folklore. It could be folklore. Yeah. But when you start hearing these other cases, you go, wait. And so many And of there's them. police reports. So many of them, Nick. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts so far? Well, I have some issue with it being called Mothman, but I do think there's some kind of creature that's behind all this. I wonder if all these events, it could, above two minds for this. One, they just say they see him or connect things to it before these disasters, or he's not trying to warn people at all. It's more like an observance thing. Like maybe he's with these UFOs and he's just observing what people do to one another like what kind of species we are you know i never even thought of that that's true yeah because these are all stuff except the tsunami that were caused by people to other people that's true yep the tsunami and the earthquake everything else and i mean one could argue earthquakes climate change all that stuff were destroying the planet but that, that's grasping they a little could. bit. So let's ignore that one. Every other thing is it observing what we do to each other through carelessness, through malice, all these kind of things. It's definitely an interesting story, though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I think there's something there. I just don't oh, know yeah, what it too. is. Me too. Like, it's just the name like some, that bothers me. That's all. The rest yeah. of it, I think, is is pretty straightforward. I wish... They would have came up with a better name. Like yeah. the friggin' Chernobyl, they called it what? The Blackbird or what did they yeah. call that thing? That was a great name. Yeah, use that one. Use that one. That one has some kind of lore to it. Yeah, but I think we had um, a comic book character with that name too, so. Oh, That's Nick, what it I is. forgot to tell the story. I forgot to tell oh, a story. Oh, no. Son of a gun. We're going back, All boys right. and girls. All I'm right. sorry. There's a story, and this goes back to... What we was talking about earlier, Nick, about the Mothman being a harbinger. Right. I'm going to read this one exactly the way it is. All right, verbatim. What if Mothman is trying to save people? What if his appearance is a warning to prevent the chaos that foretells? In 1978, a group of miners in Philburg, Germany came face to face with an object blocking the entrance of a mine that appeared to be headless and had glowing red eyes on its chest. That's Mothman. 
They initially believed it was a man wearing a trench coat, but they soon realized it was uh, realized it based on a set of enormous black wings that had spread out. The miners remained at the mine entrance, dumbfounded and staring at the creature until it let out a spine tingling screech. Mm -hmm. There's that screech again. That caused them to rush outside. The men witnessed a seismic rumble and a dust plume shooting from the mine as it collapsed an hour later. He finally, finally did it. Most of the men would have perished if they had arrived at the station in the mine as usual. They believe the Feiberg Screecher, which is again another great wow. name. I don't know about that one, but... May have saved their lives. Can Mothman be helpful to those who believe the lore? So this God, I hate the fact that I forgot to tell that story. That's a case where, again, we have multiple people. Mm -hmm. And I understand at first, I understand because at first I'm like, how do you not know it's not a man in a trench coat? But this thing is seven foot tall. Right. So if its chest is like right here and it's got eyes. I would think maybe it's someone in a trench coat holding it up to make it look bigger. Yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable. And then when you get close, yeah, and then you're like, oh, this ain't no dude. And then it spreads its wing out like a gargoyle. That's the first thing I think. Yeah. But, so he, and then it lets out that scream. He scared him away from the entrance of the mine. Oh, for sure. This is sort of why I was saying on the bridge. He landed on the bridge to hopefully scare people from going to there. It it probably would have worked. Yeah, he should have But again, this, that story was in 19 what? what? When did I say that was? 19. It was an older story, too. So he's yeah. had practice, Nick. Yeah. He, but he's only had one success. You know what? Oh, no. It was after. He learned from the bridge. Right. It was 1978. So I'm, I'm here sort of dissing the Mothman because he's not had much success. But you know what? Maybe we just don't hear about the ones that he does prevent. It could be. So I, I'm sorry, Mothman. I don't mean to treat you like that. That's not very nice of me. Listen, Mothman, if you want to warn me of something, listen, I won't even run from you. Okay? Right. If you came to my backyard tonight and knocked on my door, I'm going to I'm gonna put this out here. If he does this, I'm probably going to pee myself. Mm-hmm. But if he does that, I'll sit there and I'll be like, bro, show me the way. He's gonna, show me the way, Mothman. He's going to fly over and he's going to be like, Bert, you're going to burn those hamburgers. <laughs> That's his warning. Right. The Berg Screamer or Screecher. I like that name too. I know you don't uh, like it, Nick. Well, I like it. No, drop the, the Friedberg thing and just say the Screecher. The Screecher has a, is a great yeah, name. Yeah, I like that. No one will think he sounds like a mouse then. That is true. You know, it, it definitely... It makes me wonder, though, because you said earlier, mm. was there windows up in that one case? Maybe it was a screech, but with the windows up like that, it muffled it, and it sounded like a, like a squeak. I think that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But again, red eyes yeah. and the screeching. You you might not remember this part. What time of year was the first story again? I thought it was November, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, so their windows the would have been up more than likely if it's anything like here. It is. Yeah. Like around that time frame, it, it would be here. Yeah. So their windows would probably be up. So to hear that through the windows, screech. Oh, for sure. Because you got to figure Point Pleasant from where I live, because I'm outside of Columbus, Ohio. Right. It's not super far. So they've got about the same weather as we have. You should go looking for it. I tell you, Nick, 
I would, but I found out it's been in Germany. It's going where disasters are. You don't right. want to be where the Mothman's at, That's if we're being true. honest. That's true. You don't want to be near the Mothman, ever. That's a lonely life. But I do have a little bit more, Nick. All right. These sightings were few and far between, and they were dismissed by many as the products of overactive imaginations or mere fabrications. But the eyewitnesses were adamant, haunted by what they had seen and the feelings it had stirred within them. Then the unthinkable happened. The world watched in horror as the Twin Towers were attacked and brought down, a moment that would forever change the course of history. The sorrow and loss were profound, and the nation was plunged into grief. As the dust settled and the days turned into weeks, the stories of the Mothman-like creature resurfaced, now tinged with a tragic significance. Had it been a warning? So going back to the 9-11, the, the Twin mm -hmm. Towers, mm -hmm. Those people that talked about it now, again, they're doing what? They're blaming the Mothman. Right. There's certain group of people, and I didn't really hear that. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't mm. even know that was a thing until I started researching this case yeah. a little bit. Because the story I've heard about the Mothman is he he broke the bridge. That's all I've ever heard. Right. I'm I'm going to go on the record and say I don't think the Mothman causes this. I think the Mothman's trying to help, just not super good about it. As much as we know, anyway. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think it's definitely, it's he's trying to forewarn us of what's going to happen. Exactly. In fact, they're going to dig into that a little bit more, Nick. Let's, let's hear what they say. All right. Some believe it's, it's a creature unknown to science, a living mystery hiding in the shadows of our understanding. We must approach it with respect and curiosity. In the dense forests of West Virginia, some believe the Mothman to be a cryptid, a species undiscovered, waiting to be revealed. Others point to a mutation, an anomaly born from the harsh struggle for survival in the wild. Some believe it's spiritual, it's a sign, a warning from the world beyond. We must heed its message and seek the wisdom it offers. For those who walk the path of the supernatural, the Mothman is an omen, a guardian of fate, guiding those who listen to its silent call. Some believe it's an alien that it came from the stars, a being not of this earth. Its purpose is unknown, but its presence is a testament to the mysteries of the universe. The skies above, filled with wonder and uncertainty, also hold a theory. An alien being, sent or stranded on our planet, the Mothman's otherworldly nature fuels speculations of extraterrestrial origins. Some psychologists believe it's a manifestation of our collective fears, a symbol of the times we live in. It reflects our insecurities and questions. But could it be a creation of our own minds? A manifestation of the societal turmoil, anxieties, and uncertainties that mark the era of its appearance. From the shadows of folklore to the glimmers of science, the origins of the Mothman remain concealed, guarded by a veil of intrigue and ambiguity. It is a journey into the unknown, a quest that transcends answers, leaving us with a legend that echoes through the annals of mystery. So I know I said this earlier, Nick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This goes back to, and I knew this was, obviously, I worked on this narration, but I've had stress to the point to where I've woke up with heart palpitations and then you start freaking out and yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? I have never seen a Mothman. Well, th that and also... You've gone to bed with stra stress and head heart palpitations. That never made me see a Mothman either. Correct. Like, your stress isn't going to cause me to see the same thing you see. Correct. I, I'm a big fan of psychology and psychiatry, and I think that has a lot of value 
in fact, in almost all categories, it has a lot of value. But I don't buy this mass hysteria thing where they're saying, oh, it's just a representation of our fears and our challenges in day-to-day life. I don't buy that for a second. I don't either. I think that there is something to say. Like there was a direction that I was going to go with the narration, but I did more research and I think I found the answer on that. So anyone in the comments, you're going to say, well, why didn't you cover this? Supposedly, there's a folklore story that during the time of war between Native Americans and Americans, that there was a curse that was put on the land by, and forgive me, I can't remember the name of the the chief. What I found through research is Mm -hmm. that was never validated. And the only record where it started, the first record, was in a play that came out Uh. a long time ago. So it's kind of like now, if I go to Broadway and I watch Hamilton, I'm going to take it for entertainment value, but I'm not going to assume that everything in Hamilton is exactly the way history says. Just so, exactly that. So that narrative I kicked completely out. I said, that's not a narrative. That's not a thing in my opinion. If the first time it's ever been brought up is in a play that they create. Now, this play was old. It was old. Right. But there's no writings about it. And it makes for a great story, especially back then, right? It's like, oh, this curse. This curse caused all this. Every good movie, there's a curse, right? right? Indiana Jones, there's Mm -hmm. a curse. So I think it makes for a great story, but I think there's no validity to it whatsoever. I, I kind of agree to that. And also, if we have any listeners that are native and they know any stories about this, I would love... I would love to, to hear know. them, but I'm suspecting Please. we're not going to hear that. I I hope we do. I hope we do too. <laughs> I really do. But I just I hope we do. I just God, don't I think so. Do. A lot of like I really do back in the day, and even today to some degree, there's a lot of like anything spooky or scary happens. Blame the other. Oh, like for back sure. Then, blame the natives. Blame other races. Blame other cultures. So. There could be stories, but I have a feeling it's probably some of that mystical racism from the olden days. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Well, think about it, right? Any good story has to have a good guy, and it's got to have it has to have a villain, right? Doesn't matter what the story is. Yeah, it's always a good guy. Uh, the Walking Dead, prime example. Have you watched Walking Dead, Nick? A lot of it. Okay, the story of Rick goes all the way through, and there, whatever season it is season eight or something like that, they run into Negan's right tribe right negan's the bad guy but if you think about it they killed negan's guys first right if negan wrote that same story rick would be the bad guy exactly it's like no one wakes up in the morning and says you know rubs their hands together and says i'm gonna be evil today everyone thinks what they're doing is right from their perspective correct 100 percent. yeah so it's definitely interesting to look at the story for me, based of all the uh, hypotheses that it just brought, did I? How many S's did I add there? Oh. Hypothesize. That I just invented That's, that word. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you hit it right somewhere there. Either way, it worked. It's working. But I think the one that makes the most sense, and everyone can say I'm crazy, I believe in the Mothman. Mm-hmm. I hate the name. I think he's a harbinger of warning to tell people, hey, this event's about to occur. I agree. And from now forward, let's call him the Screecher. Screecher. I love that name. Hashtag, it's the Screecher. It's the Screecher. That's a great name. We're going to make up a hashtag every episode here. The moon is real. Hashtag, it's the Screecher. Someone, I forget who it was, they was laughing about that. They're like, why does Nick keep talking about this moon? I'm like, you've not listened to the podcast yet. How dare (laughs) you? You need to listen to the podcast. How dare you talk to me like this? Giving yourself away like that. How (laughs) dare you? I got a little bit more here, Nick. I think you're going to like it. As we delve further into the Mothman legend, it becomes apparent that the story doesn't end with the tragic collapse of the Silver Bridge. The mystery continues to evolve, drawing researchers, enthusiasts, and skeptics from around the world to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. In the wake of the disaster, the sightings of the Mothman became sporadic, then ceased altogether. The town, scarred by tragedy, began to heal, but the legend persisted, ingrained in the fabric of the community. Years passed, and the Mothman transformed from a local enigma into a global phenomenon. Books were written, documentaries produced, and even a Hollywood film, The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Gere, brought the legend to the mainstream. The cultural impact of the Mothman is undeniable, but what lies beneath the surface? What draws people to this legend, and what keeps it alive? So, my favorite part Mm -hmm. is the movie star Richard Gere. Yeah, that was my favorite part, too. I think we kind of outed outed ourselves at that point. I couldn't couldn't help it. I have to smile at that. Richard Gere. I think I'm going to watch that Richard Gere movie again later. (laughs) I want to watch it now because I've not seen it. It's a good movie. From what I remember, it's old, but I liked it. I wonder it. I wonder if the book is on Audible. Maybe I'll order the book, too. Oh. The book might be done. Let me know. I got a credit coming up. I have three credits right now I'm sitting on, Nick. We're about to how, how look this up. How can you sit Think on an about Audible it, credit? Because it has to be the right book, Nick. It has to be the right book. I can't I can't just willy-nilly buy any book. I've got, It's got to be something I absolutely want. Uh, but shoot, those credits come up so freaking fast, which reminds me, Audible, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, that, that's like the only one I would probably want to accept. Because I use Audible. I use Audible, so. too. I've got so many of their books now. We need to stop talking about them, Nick. They're not yeah, paying us yet. Yes. I mean, forget that. <laughs> forget all that. Wipe it from your minds. Yeah. It is on here, Nick. The uh, Mothman Prophecies. I'm getting that from that website that we're not saying anymore. Exactly. I'm doing it right now. Oh, it's on sale right now. Ah. I don't know. I want to waste my credit. Oh, I got to get it. I'm going to waste my credit. I just got it. Um, The thing that I think is interesting is Point Pleasant turned this event into a little bit of a cash cow. Nice. So they built, obviously, the Mothman Museum, which is what I was talking about. That's only a few hours from me. So within, Yeah, it's not very far. Point Pleasant, that, that... I want to say it's maybe four hours from me. Uh, well, that's a little ways. Let me see. Mothman Museum. We're going to check this out, folks, on the We're doing it live. Roll. Doing it live, you know. Because I want to I say it's only like four hours. It's not super far. 
but I've I've wanted to go, but I've not had a reason to go right. is the problem. Because you're doing an event, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going for the day to go to a museum. Yeah, it probably takes 20 minutes tops to look at everything. Oh, no, it's actually pretty big. And oh. it's not just that museum. Everything in that town, mm-hmm. everything in that town, literally, oh, I'm way wrong. It's two hours and one minute. Oh, from you minute. could walk there. You could walk I could practically there, walk there. I know. I feel kind of devastated. If I walk there, it's two days, though. Oh, okay. Well, you could maybe not walk there. That's what Google says. But, yeah, the whole entire town does it. It's not just the Mothman Museum. Right. Um, They've got a pizza joint that makes a Mothman pizza. That sounds gross, but cool. They use uh, pepperonis for the eyes, obviously. Uh, Yeah. And they use olives to create part of the body. Oh, I do like olives, so that that would appeal to me. See, that'd be perfect for you, Nick. I'd eat that. They've got like a series of different buildings. It's all Mothman. So what they did was they turned this, again, tragic event right. into a little bit of a tourist attraction of money grabber. That's the way to do it, though. Like If you're going to you have know, that event. that Well, that keeps the story money. alive, and I appreciate that above all else. So It does. But in addition to that, Hollywood saw an opportunity, and what did they do? Ran with yep. it. Yep. Yep. That's their business, really. It's totally their business. And I'm glad they did. I don't know. Me too. I wish to a degree that there was more proof of things other than the words, obviously. Do I think it happened? Yes. There's no doubt in my mind. But my problem lies with the proof. I always want to see some type of proof. When it comes to cryptids, the only proof that will ever be accepted is if someone kills one. Oh, that's the only thing anyone's ever going to accept. 100%. But uh, speaking of which, for a long, long time, uh, the coelacanth was a cryptid. The what? Do you know the coelacanth? Prehistoric fish. Um, It was was in the same league as Bigfoot. Um, What? Yeah, coelacanth. Like Nessie? Yeah, in the same category as that kind of thing. Until they found that in Asia, there's a village where they catch them and have had them in the fish market all their lives. And (laughs) they didn't think there was anything abnormal about it. Well, there you go. So anything anything can go from a cryptid to a real thing at any time. Just goes to show, we don't have the vast majority of this world even plotted out, Nick. No. There's species of things we don't even know exist. Yeah, and that's just on the land, under the ocean. We don't know hardly anything. Oh, we know what, 5% of the ocean, I think is what they say? Maybe, if it's even that high. That's crazy. That's crazy. We got to pump it out. See what's under there. Sorry. (laughs) I got a little bit more audio to dump out there, Nick. Okay. Let's see what else we got. All right. The legend of the Mothman is more than a tale of a mysterious creature. It's a reflection of human curiosity, our need to explore the unknown, and our desire to find meaning in the inexplicable. Is the Mothman a harbinger of doom, a guardian of secrets, or merely a myth born from the collective imagination? The answer remains elusive, but the quest for understanding continues. As we conclude our journey into the heart of the Mothman legend, we are left with a sense of wonder and a reminder that the world is filled with mysteries waiting to be explored. The Mothman, whether real or imagined, serves as a symbol of our eternal quest for knowledge, our fascination with the unknown, and our willingness to embrace the extraordinary. 
he kind of broke down the ending here nick yeah if you was to to put your nick seal of approval on what you a hundred percent you've heard the entire story mm-hmm. you've heard of the stuff i've added that you didn't know about yep are you going with harbinger like i am or are you going a different route i i was originally going harbinger but now I'm going to go with that theory I came up with just on this show in that it's an observer. So, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll double down. Harbinger slash observer. So here's the next question. Right. And this is this one. It makes me wonder, Nick, how could it possibly know these events are going to happen? Is it a time traveler? Is it interdimensional? Interdimensional. That's where I'm going. What about you out there and listening and, and video land? What do you think? Do you think this is the way Nick and I are breaking it down? Do you think it's completely fake all the way around? Are you saying these two loonies are crazy? There ain't no moth man. AKA the screecher. The screecher. Hashtag it's the screecher. It's the screecher. When I think that, I think of Dustin Diamond. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yep. Poor guy. Anyway, I uh, I'm I could see where you're going, Nick. I I would say you you've convinced me a little bit. I'm forty sixty. I think sixty percent chance is a harbinger. You know what? I'm going to agree only because of that mine. Only because of that mine is yeah. Because that's clearly not just observing. That was not observing. Right. It stopped them from going yeah. in. I, I think I'm going to align with you. Sixty forty harbinger, uh, and and v- viewer. That's doggone seal of approval right there, yep. folks. You don't get much better Real. than that. Well, hopefully y'all enjoyed this. I did want to get back to you guys on one thing. It's a little update. We're doing a deceptive reality update. Ooh, yes. I said in the last stream, I was going to see UFO increased activity during times of war. Mm. Small problem with that. What's that? It's subjective to the information, and there's no true information. The government doesn't release enough information to go. Right. Here's how many cases we've had. That said, I looked at multiple websites that all said, typically before acts of war, there is an increase in UFO activity. So that being said, I did look into it, folks. Don't think, you know, Bert didn't do his homework. <laughs> I did my homework. There's just no answer. Going forward, there may be where they're releasing facts now that they weren't before. That is true. So we'll have to come back to this in two years and see. That is valid. I think that with all the stuff going on, I'll be honest, I've I've been entrenched in this freaking Nevada situation, and no one's really talking about it. It's ticking me off. Oh, you're talking about the Las Vegas thing with the crash? I didn't know until you told me. You're in yeah. Canada. How do you know this before me? Uh, well, I'm a little old but to now know seen this, the but TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. TikTok. I haven't even seen that on TikTok. What are you doing? I'm in a different circle you know than what you're I like. in. I'm in a different circle. All of my TikToks are animals, Next, uh, typically. You've been looking at puppies too much. I enjoy animal. Goat videos are my bang zone. Huh? You'd, you'd like my dad's place. He had goats up until last week, I think. God, Sold I love them. goats. Baby goats are my favorite. Yep. 
pygmy goats well, stay hopefully, babies. Oh yeah, Joey's. <laughs> They're called Joey's. <laughs> Hopefully you all enjoyed the stream. If you enjoyed the stream, let us know what you liked. Let us know what you think. What do you want to hear us talk about? This was from our community. Good old John gave us that one, by oh, the way. Good Don't know John. if I'm supposed to say his name or not, but good old John, he he chose a good one. We actually looked into this uh, pretty deep, and I think we did a... Listen, I that's think we right. did a pretty good job, Nick. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I feel educated. I'm a Mothman scholar now, a Screecher scholar. I mean, think about this. This was three days of research. The next yeah. case, which is coming up next week, I've done three weeks of research on. Oh, prepare for a long episode, maybe. It's. I Listen, I'm wondering if it's going to be a two-parter. Oh, that'd be cool, our first two-parter. Because I'm going to tell you, this narration was 15 minutes. Mm. The narration for the next podcast... 28 minutes okay it's probably going to be a two-parter i'd say i'm i'm windling it down i'm going to see right. how low i can get it windled down to well don't remove but anything cool because i want to know it all it's it's such a great story i'm so excited to bring it to you guys i've done so much research i've listened to almost every single podcast i could find because i want to hear how did they do it and can we do justice to it right I'll be honest, I was ticked off. Mm, they didn't go far ticked enough. Ticked off, Nick. They Or the information was wrong. Mm. The information was wrong so many times it ticked me off. There was one podcast channel, one, that did it justice, two-parter. It was a podcast company called The True Crime Garage. Oh, and I yeah. think they're based in Columbus, Ohio. I'm subscribed to them. And I believe They're you from are Columbus, too. Ohio, Nick, or maybe it's Grove City. They're for, they're I think they're local. Uh, I'm pretty sure because you recommended them to me years ago, I think. Yeah. So That's what I'm saying. So, listen, they did a extremely good job. Their information was precise. They cut through all the crap. Um they didn't give the narration like most of them did, um which to a degree made me feel good yeah. because my podcast very close. That's right. All of my narration on that's very close to theirs, but I did go a couple angles they didn't go, Nick. Nice. Pow! We love them, but we love ourselves more. <laughs> 100%. But hopefully you all enjoyed it. Thanks for everyone to stop by. This is a live one, so yeah. thanks for anyone to stop by. I definitely appreciate you stopping by, if anything. We're going to do this once a month, so again, let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. This was just a small community one. That's right. And I won't be sick for the next one, hopefully. We hope. That's right. Apologies again. <laughs> well, hit us up on all of our social medias. Until we see you in the next one, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>